Hello, my name is David Lambert, and I am the pastor of Exceed Life Church. Welcome to Exceed Life TV. We have a wonderful message for you today. It's called Vision Quest. We believe it will help you make good decisions for the new year. Again, thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like more information about our ministry, don't hesitate to log on to www.exceedlifechurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in. And we believe that you should be living life beyond limits. Look at, uh, look at 29.18. If you have a Bible, you can look up on the screen. I think they might be putting it there on the screen. It says, without no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Or w- without a vision, people perish. So really, it's saying without a uh, dream or a vision from God. And really, we need to find out what God wants us to do and do it. Amen. Really, that's the key. We really want to get uh, a godly dream and a a godly vision. And since this is the first of the year, uh, I think, you know, the Bible talks a lot about uh, promises of God for our lives. And there are so many promises in the Bible. And so really, you could have a general uh, vision or dream for your life just by reading the Bible. Uh, You should have a dream for your health. You should want to be healthy. Oh, that's a good amen. Uh, (laughs) You should want to be healthy. Amen. This year. Amen. Uh, You should, you know, moderation is the key. Uh, You should want to uh, have uh, your finances, uh, blessed finances. Amen. You should you should have a desire for God to bless you so you can be a blessing. You know, selfish to say, I don't want I don't want any more from God in finances. Well, you know, you should you should want to be blessed financially Amen. so that you can bless others Amen. so we can establish the kingdom. Yes. Amen. Uh, and then uh, we should have we should have goals for our relationships. We should have a goal for our relationships that we should hopefully this year will have better relationships. In other words, uh, married couples fight less. Yes. It's very simple. <laughs> uh, if you have children, you know, uh, try to, you know, communicate them and uh, with them and try to walk in love towards your children and try to, you know, create a, a household of unity and love in the house. Amen? Amen. Because a house is really like a mini church. I said the other day when I was ministering, you know, God wants to ha- us to have three homes our our home that we sleep, you know, that we go, you know, that we take care of our family in. And then our church home, amen, and that we should have a heavenly home. So if you save, you, have, you should have three homes. And I'm going to say this, too, where I'm putting a plug here in homes, that, um, that God wants you to have a church home. So he wants you to get in, engaged in church and, and get a part of a, a faith family because it helps each other. Because, you know, when one person's down, the Bible says, another person's up. We can lift each other up. We can encourage each other. We can strengthen each other. It's so important that you get into a church and make that your church home. By the way, we are having a membership class uh, today. Praise God. And we, uh, we serve lunch. And I want to encourage you to come out to the membership class. That's, that would be the first key to getting, uh, making the church your home. Amen? Praise God. It's just like you dating somebody. Some of you are just dating the church. It's time to get married. Okay, we'll go. 
<laughs> Amen. Praise God. I know we got new visitors here, maybe first time. Uh, we like for you to just to take, uh, you know, come out for a month and then, you know, see if this is could be your church home. We, we, we like for you to take it, you know, two or three weeks. And then once you get into the church, uh, we like to say, just give the church one year and see if your life hasn't gotten better. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, everybody's life has gotten better. That's, right. that's hooked amen. in with Exceed Life Church. Amen. That's a good amen. Let's uh, open our Bibles. Let's look at 3 John 2. Let's look at 3 John 2. I, I love this scripture. And uh, you need to get used to uh, looking at the Bible. Amen. amen. I like to say, and, and it is, it's a fact that the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. So it's good to get your hands on one. Amen. Get your hands on a Bible. Uh, Third John two is a um, good scripture here um, that I looked up and, you know, pertaining to um, prospering. And look at this. And third John two says, beloved, I'm reading out of the King James. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. I like that. King James says in all things prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Amen. You know, uh, I'm going to say Spock didn't make this up, you know, live long and prosper. Or if he did, he got it from third John too. Amen. So, uh, uh, well, at least I got one laugh out of that. But anyway, uh, (laughs) you guys need to lighten up this morning. Amen. And uh, praise the Lord. Look at your name and say, lighten up. Lighten up. Amen. Praise God. And uh, it says, beloved, I pray that, that you may prosper in all things. God wants us prospering in all things. Not in some things, but in all things. And, and, and be in health just as your soul prospers. You know, uh, I was listening to some CDs of this one minister that he is, God has tremendously blessed him financially, and I guess you can call him a multimillionaire. And uh, God has just truly blessed him in real estate, and he owns restaurants and all that. And he's also a preacher, too. And, uh, and the Lord, you know, blessed this man with a really super deal. I think he made a half a million dollars on a one real estate deal. How many people like to make a, a half a million on a real estate deal? And, uh, I mean, God just gave him the grace and the favor. You know, a lot of blessings come through our connections. Yes, it is. Okay? God wants us to be connected to the right people. That's right. Amen? So your blessing is going to come through a connection. And God can bring in the godly connections into your life. Right? Yes. And so, so God wants to connect us. With people, you have people that can bless you, and also you can be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen. So God wants to connect you where you can bless somebody else. Amen. But also He wants to connect you to somebody that can bless you. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so it's all about being connected. It's being connected with God, being connected in in a, a body of believers. Uh, is being connected um, in a vision that God has for you. You got to get into a bigger vision uh, than your ju- in just your small vision. That's what that's what church is all about. Is getting a bigger vision. So it's about getting connected. And so this one man that he made like a lot of money off this real estate deal. He was he was wondering why 
uh, he was saying, God, I don't need this kind of, I don't need the money. I already have millions of dollars in the bank. And you just blessed me with another 500. I'm sure somebody else could, could use it. And uh, he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, why, why are you blessing me? So, I mean, why did you get, you just basically handed this 500,000 to me. You know, how many, you know what I'm talking about? Why did you do this? And the Lord said, uh, showed him this verse right here in, in third John two. He said, he said, you know, because you're operating in third John two. And he said, what? He said, yeah, you're operating in third John two. Your soul is prospering. And when your soul starts to prosper, you will prosper on the outside. The reason why some of us aren't prospering like we need to is because we're trying to get it from the outside in, but it has to be from the inside out. So we have to have soul prosperity. And then the Lord reminded him about the connection and said, you know, you know how you got connected to this guy to buy this piece of real estate that you know you could turn over and make, you know, four or five hundred thousand. He, he said, do you remember, you know, who connected you with this guy? He said, oh, uh, you know, oh, yeah, the girl that I worked on for over many years to get saved. Over and over and over again, he, this girl would come into his restaurant and she was dating a, a, a married man and she was a single girl that wasn't saved. And, uh, and so, over, you know, he would talk to this girl and, you know, and he would come up to the table and sometimes the guy would go to the restaurant and he would try to witness to her. And he spent years trying to get this girl saved. Boy, it's quiet in this church today, man. And, uh, and, you know, it's something about when you get involved in the kingdom, when you start doing things that are unselfish to draw God, people to God, God sees that and he wants to bless you for that. And he said, though, all those years that you've been with, that people gave up on her and said she would never get saved. You never gave up. You never gave up on this girl. You just kept witnessing and kept inviting her to church and kept witnessing and kept inviting her to church. And now now and she got saved. She actually, you know, she wanted to try to get, you know, she would come to church. And he got her so hungry for heaven and uh, she would go to the altar, but she didn't want to give up, you know, that adulterous relationship. And for some reason, she never could seem to get connected with God. Like she's going to get saved. What? Sometimes you've got to give up your, your sin before you can have the son. <laughs> I mean, if you come with ulterior motives and say, God, I'm not, I, want, I want salvation, but I want my sin too. Uh, it doesn't work that way. You either have the son or the sin, but you can't, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Some people go to the altar and say, well, you know, I, I, Lord, I, I, I like the message of salvation. I like the idea of heaven, but I don't want to let go. Of, of, you know, my sin in my life. Are you hearing what I say? You can't compromise. You got to let go of one and embrace the other. The Bible said, Jesus said, you either love one or, or, and hate the other. And so, you, you, you know, sometimes what Christians would like to do, they would like to get a little bit of God. They like a little bit of God just to make God make them feel good, maybe for Sunday or whatever. But they don't really want the whole ball, ball of wax to, to say. They don't want God fully. They just want God partially. And that type of relationship will, will yield very little blessing. 
Boy, that, that's a good amen. Amen. It will yield very little blessing. That's the reason why we are going with a 21 day fast, because we want to yield the highest blessing. And it's not it's not just to get blessed. It's just because I really think the number one reason why we should fast is to put God first is to seek God. Amen. Seek God. Amen. Uh, another, you know, so God wants us prosper. Another scripture I like, and uh, especially if you're setting goals, if you're a goal setter in here, um, there's another scripture in Romans 13, verse 8 that I like. And it says there, if you want to turn to it or you can listen or may may pop it up on the screen. It says here, oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves one another fulfills the law. <laughs> Amen. So, um, no, uh, oh, no one anything except to love one another. In other words, uh, you know, as Christians, we should be wiser than the world in how we deal with our finances. Amen. And really, uh, you know, uh, some of you, I won't get a raise of hands today, but I would probably venture to say that most of us owe somebody some money somewhere or owes a yeah. bank, or owes MasterCard. MasterCard's our master. Yes, yes. Amen. And, uh, and so I wouldn't want to get our hands. But, but most, even America, most America is in debt, you know. But, you know, if you're a Christian and you know God, you're, we're actually a nation within a nation. You know that, right? You have, you have, we're Americans, but we're Christians first. So we're a nation within a nation. We're a nation of Christians. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. So, so, so since we are a Christian, we live in a different kingdom. Praise God. So, so since we are living in a different kingdom, we should do things differently. And we should be focused on uh, not doing it the way the world does it. And, and we should be focused on getting out of debt. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. And we shouldn't let debt rule and control us. The Bible says that the, the, the borrower will be the slave to the lender. So we need to make sure that we're focused. And I, I don't think it would be hard for anyone to get out of debt if you start using the scriptures and you start focusing and you start believing God. I heard this one couple that was in debt. They didn't have a lot, but they got out of debt within nine months. Amen. If you're focused, you see what's missing uh, in our vision. And I may be getting ahead of myself, but what's miss, missing in our vision is passion. <laughs> what's, what's missing in what we're what we're our walk with God a lot of times is passion. I think somebody sung a song about passion. What was it? Uh, Rod Stewart, right? <laughs> Rod Stewart. Everybody needs passion. Anybody remember that song? Anybody remember Rod Stewart? Even the president needs passion. You know, I think he says that's one of the lines on the song, right? Everybody needs passion. You know, we need passion. We need to get passionate about some things. Some of us, I mean, I could probably run up right now to you and throw a mirror under your nose and it may not even fog up right now. (laughs) We need some passion, man. We need to get excited about something. Yes. We, need to get, we need to get the gusto. Yes. You know, we need to get the, um, 
Here I go. Now I'm going to see. The Jimmy Connors. You know, when Jimmy Connors, I'm dating myself. Anybody in tennis? Anybody likes tennis out here? Good. We got some tennis players out here. Jimmy Connors is an old tennis player, but he would get, he, and he, he's a New Yorker, and he would he'd make a shot, and he would go like that or do something like that. And, you know, he had the gusto. He would, yeah! He'd get the crowd riled up, you know. Everybody would be jumping up and down. We need to, you know, we need to get excited. Hallelujah. And we need to get the passion back. You know, uh, God wants us living life with passion. He wants us getting excited about our life, getting, getting excited about God, getting excited about the call that God's placed on our lives. Amen. So we, we need to get passion, passionate about God. Uh, one thing we need to do is, uh, as you turn to Habakkuk 2, let's look at Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Uh, we need to get, once we get the vision, once we have some idea of what we want, we need, a, we need to do what Habakkuk 2 says. And I'll go in that for a second, but we need, a, we need to write the vision and we need to speak the vision. Yes. We need to write our vision down, and we need to speak the vision. Uh, let me say this to you. Uh, you may not realize this, but, but God is the originator of writing the vision down. It's called the Bible. God originated it. He put, he put his vision in a book. He wrote it through people that were yielding to his spirit. He had people speak his vision prophets that spoke his vision out that wrote it down amen and you can tell some people say you never know what god's going to do you will if you read the bible because it's all in the book your bible is god speaking to you say that my bible Bible is god God speaking to me me. so you don't have to wonder and say i wonder if this is going to happen just read the bible we'll tell you what's going to happen i read the end of the book we win so, so, so God has a vision book. Some of us, what we might need to do this year is we might need to get a vision notebook and we need to put in our vision notebook what we're believing God for. And we not, might need to get scriptures and we need, we may even have to put those scriptures even up in, on the house and put it on our refrigerator. And maybe we're, we're we need to believe God for, you hear what I'm saying today? And we need to keep the vision before us. What it is, is we lose sight of the vision. We lose sight of what God is telling us. We lose sight of it. We, 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 we don't stay hot in the vision. Yes. I remember that, uh, that uh, I was, of course, attending. This church has been around for a while. Praise God. And, uh, and, um, and I was attending this church years ago. And the pastor went to a Bible school called Rama Bible College. And, uh, and so I had a hunger for more of God in my life. I wanted more of God. And I remember that uh, we, uh, we had some, some classes that we took uh, at the church at that time. And I got really thirsty for God. We've got to get thirsty for God. Yes. We got, you know, the Bible says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And we need to get hungry and thirsty for God. That's what the, hopefully this fast is going to do. It's going to get us in a place where we're getting more hungry and thirsty for God, where nothing else will satisfy us but a God touch. Yes. Amen. I want God's t- 
touch on my life. I want his grace on my life. You know, I want the I want to, you know, contend for the faith. I want to contend for the glory. I want the glory of God to be resident on my life. I want wherever I go, people say, "Woo, man. I remember hearing this story about Smith Wigglesworth that walked with God. This man read the Bible all the time. He was a prayer. He read the Bible. That's the only book he read. But I remember hearing him get on a train and he sat down and he didn't say one word. And somebody looked over at him and said, looked at Smith Wigglesworth and said, man, you convict me just by sitting there. I mean, just just the guy sat there, the, guy, the, the, the person that was that said, just looked at Smith. I feel convicted of my sin just sitting next to you. Wow. Are you here? What I'm saying? Can God anoint you so strong that people say, man, I don't know what you have, but I want it. Amen. There's something about you. That I don't know, you you got to be in the presence of God. There's something about you that, that's different than other people. Yes. Amen? Yes. I want the mark of God on me. Amen. Amen? When you have the mark of God on you, it's, it's amazing. I heard this other story about this one evangelist. Um, and uh, he, uh, he built uh, in Oklahoma. What's that evangelist's name? Oral Roberts. And I heard Oral Roberts. Yeah, he built the uh, college over there, right? And uh, I heard that he walked in one time. Uh, uh, I, I, I used to, uh, well, I was in Oklahoma when I went to Bible school. And uh, there was this guy that I worked with. He said, you know, Or Roberts came into our store one time. I said, he did. He said, yeah, when he walked in, every, the whole atmosphere changed. Wow. I just, people, it just felt good around. I just felt good around him. It was, it was like a total peace. Wow. Nobody wanted him to leave. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that's the way we need to be walking. And we need to be walking in that total peace of God. Amen. And I remember that, you know, I, I started, I, I wanted more of God in my life because, you know, I messed my life up before, you know, I, I got God in my life and then I kind of backslid out of church. And then I, I just didn't really walk with God like I need to, but I got back into church and then I started realizing God is really good. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And God is good. And uh, as I was serving, as I got hooked into the local church and started serving God, I, you know, and using my talents, praise God, you know, um, God started using me in different areas. And uh, and then I said, you know, I'm so hungry. I want to go to Bible school. And I remember at that time I was I was broke. I didn't have much. And I was driving a broken down car, you know, two tone, rust and gray. Anybody know what I'm talking about out there? And uh, and I didn't have too much. And, uh, you know, I was I was just going through a lot back then. It was back in the 90s. And um, and so uh, I said, I'm you know, I'm going to go to Bible school. I don't know how I'm going to get out there, but I just had that. I'm going to Bible school. And I thought about it first. I said, I'm going to go out to Bible school. And then, you know, one of the guys that was attending our church, he's still here, James Johnson. He went to Bible school. And I thought if that guy could go to Bible school. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I said, that guy went to Bible school. He was a single guy. You know, he didn't have a family. And I was single at the time. I said, that guy could go to Bible school. And he did it. I think I could do it, you know, too, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I, I at least, you know, the Bible says don't measure yourself with other people. But I just thought, you know, I could do it, too. If he could do it, I could do it. And, um, and so I started speaking. I'm going to Bible school. 
I didn't know how it was going to get out there. And um, before then, I think I had a broken down car at the time. And, um, uh, and before then, I was believing to buy a car that, you know, I had on a, my wall. It was a Mazda Miata. When they first came out, I always wanted a sports car. I was driving a two-tone uh, Honda Accord with a lot of miles on it. And one day, that Honda Accord died on me. It was in the summer. It was before I went out, and it was like, I was so upset. But the Lord gave me the idea, go ahead and buy your Mazda Mia. I felt like, go ahead, and I bought a pre-owned one. And this, and this car was in mint condition. I mean, I, I, I went to this guy's house. It was kept in the garage. This guy loved his car so much, he had a picture of it in his house. I mean, that's how much he loved his car. You want to buy a car from a guy that loves his car. <laughs> Not from a guy that kind of, you know, doesn't care about it. You want a guy that loves his car. This guy loved the car. I think he only had 10,000 miles on it. Wow. And had 10,000 miles on it, and it was in pristine. I mean, it, it might as well have been showroom quality. And, and, I, and, I, and I was able to get a loan for that car. And so, anyway, I, I was driving my dream, the Mazda Miata convertible. But you know how many years I had a poster of it on my wall? Two years. I looked at it every time I walked in my bedroom. I looked at the poster. I said, someday I'll be driving that car. God's not against us having nice things. As long as those things don't have us. Matter of fact, years later, I felt the Lord wanted me to basically sell the car for nothing. He said, I'm going to sell this car. And and I felt the Lord said, put it in the paper for like under, under the value of the car. I'm like, What? No, Lord, we need to make money off this car. You know, I'm a businessman too, you know. And uh, the, the you know, Lord will tell you to do some things that doesn't make sense. He will, he will, try to, he will show you to do something and, and it looks like you're taking a loss. Anyway, the Lord show, showed me and said, just sell the car for under blue. I mean, it was like nothing. And I, I think it was like $1,200 for, for a convertible. And it was in still in good shape. And so, um, so this guy called me up. And said, I want to buy your car. I said, well, you haven't seen it yet. He said, yeah, but I think I want to buy it. And he came over and he looked at the car. I really didn't want to sell it. And he, he you know what? He was a worship leader at another church. God sent another Christian to buy my, my car awesome. at, at a low price. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I was grumbling about it. I was I didn't want to, you know what I'm talking about? I could sell it for at least $500 more, you know? But, you know, within, within 90 days, I was driving a convertible BMW. A much nicer car. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I mean, God always had, you know, and I was able to get that at a super price. Much better. I didn't buy, I, I bought it secondhand. But I was, I was able to get the convertible BMW 325, you know, convertible. And it was a little bit nicer than the Mazda Miata. A little bit nicer. And, um, and so God can do that. God, and God you know, was able to hook me in with another car that I could buy at a, at a really super price and a better car. And so God is not looking to take anything away from us. He's looking to add something to us. So whenever we start, you know, moving towards the things of God and we start pressing into the things of God, God, you know, he wants to bless us. But a lot of times when we start moving towards God, it's more it seems like more sacrifice in the beginning. It seems like you're paying out more in the beginning. It's it's a it's a front load mutual fund in the beginning. (laughs) 
You're front-loading the boat. You hear what I'm saying? But God is working an eternal purpose for each one of us. And he's, he's really more than just trying to get a blessing to you. He's trying to get a blessing to your family and to people all around you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I mean, he's trying to set you up for the blessing. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.